At The Company Show, we're all about getting as much value out of podcasting as possible, and that doesn't need to be restricted to the ways that we can leverage the show itself. The personal and interpersonal skills that we develop in becoming better podcast hosts and guests are transferable to other areas of our business too. So let me pose a hypothetical for you. If all that your company's podcast did was make you a better, more fluent communicator who people loved connecting with, would that be worthwhile? Now, obviously, the answer to this question is personal based on you and your own competency with communications. But for my part, as someone who often stumbles over sentences in my haste to share, that is a very high value podcasting outcome that would absolutely justify the cost of production to me. But you can't just do the same thing again and again the same way and hope that you and your skills are going to change. You need to be intentional about what you work on and try to improve. And this week's episode is going to show you several strategies for how to do it. This is The Company Show, a podcast for business owners and marketing managers whose podcast is just one of the many, many things that they need to do every day. I'm Megan Doherty, one of the creators of podcastingforbusiness.com, and I'm sharing the results of our years of experience working with company podcasts, our original industry research, and talking to experts and company podcasters who have incredible insights and case studies about how to get the most out of your podcast as efficiently as possible. If this is your first episode, welcome. And if it's not, welcome back. My guest today is an expert in communication. Meredith Grundy has spoken to companies like Amazon AWS, Panasonic, and Merck, and was a teacher at the Second City in New York. She has 90,000 dedicated fans on TikTok and was recognized as being one of the top 10 speaking coaches by Yahoo in 2022. She is the driving force behind Grundy Coaching, where she incorporates improv theater techniques to foster trust, empathy, and creative thinking. Meredith shares so much practical advice and you know specific strategies that we can use for improving performance as podcast hosts and as guests. And of course, these are skills that you can transfer to sales, to your marketing, to how you pitch yourself and how you network. I took pages of notes and even took a stab at the half-life exercise she gives us in the call as homework. So you'll get to hear that at the end of the show. This is a great conversation. Meredith has been so giving of her time and knowledge and her improv skills are so interesting and so engaging and can make such a difference in how you create your content. So I think you're really, really going to enjoy this one. Here it is. Meredith, thank you so much for joining us today on The Company Show. Oh, thanks for having me. If you can just uh, give everyone a little overview of kind of uh, who you are and the work that you do uh, with different speakers and experts, that would be fantastic. Oh, so I, I'm Meredith Grundy, and I, I live in New York City. I'm in Manhattan. I have been a performer my whole life and on many a stages, but I started off as a dancer. I didn't use my voice. I was afraid to use my voice because I was afraid of having the wrong answer or sounding stupid. Uh, if called upon. So I, I liked to hide. I hide. I hid in the back row often away from teachers. And uh, it was because I found acting through dance that I was able to really find my voice and develop my confidence. And because I got to play with a script and characters and all that good stuff. And then I found improv theater and that forced me to use my my own point of view and my own feelings towards things. And that's when I really started to blossom and develop my confidence as a speaker. And so today I get to use those skill sets that I've learned to help other people, mostly in leadership, develop their confidence so they can deliver their message and communicate not only with their colleagues, direct reports, whomever, but to customers when they're releasing new products and services. 
So that idea of feeling like you're going to have the wrong answer or say the wrong thing, it can cause so much anxiety. For those of us in podcasting, it can prevent people from starting shows. It can prevent people from promoting shows when they have them or accepting guest opportunities. And uh, it's so wonderful that you're able to turn these skills and help people kind of, most of us, we believe we have good content. It's getting it out there. That's such a challenge. And I know one of the things that, you know, you, you look at a really great podcaster and in other industries and for really great leaders, and they've got this amazing charisma, they've got this great presence wherever they are and wherever they're presenting themselves. Can you talk a little bit about the concept of presence uh, when it comes to like AV and, and speaking? Oh, yes. I feel that presence is something you can definitely develop. I feel that it comes from the inside out. It is about how you can truly show up and you say presence, but the word that pops out is being present and being in the moment. And I feel those who really show up are not just good at communicating their messages, but they're also really wonderful at listening. And the other piece of it too, I feel is that they are less concerned about what people think of them and they're more concerned about how they can help their audience and how they can best serve them because I feel confidence gets shaken often when we put too much focus on how I might sound or come across or how people might think or feel about what I have to say and that's really what it's not about. It's not about you. Can we go into that a little more? Because, you know, you're saying presence is about, you know, being present and being a good and active listener and thinking about the audience that you're speaking to. How do you know when you are exhibiting good presence? And on the other hand, how do you realize when you're not? I can only speak into my own experience, which is that if you're feeling messy in the middle, if you're feeling underprepared, as if you're running from one thing to the next, that to me is not being present. It's about what is it that you're doing intentionally so that you can arrive. And I always say this to my students, my clients, is how can we arrive to be in the space today with the people that we're sharing it with? And so what's that going to take? And you might have had that day that came from out of nowhere and you still need to have the skills to breathe and feel that floor beneath your feet and find the purpose for why you're there and then just give. That's a very beautiful answer. Uh, the, the Kind of the sense of uh, grounding yourself to be yeah. able to be really present in the moment. And like anything else, that takes practice. Mm -hmm. I always say to people, nothing is an overnight quick fix special sauce. It takes practice and self-awareness, to be quite frank. That's actually really comforting. So all of those people who seem like they have it all together and they always seem like they have the, the perfect kind of way of being and interacting with others, that actually took hard work. It does take hard <laughs> work. And there's probably yeah. a few special people out there who popped out of the <laughs> womb who just <laughs> took to the stage immediately and won the hearts of many. I always say, even those most skilled actors that we see on TV, they have a director. They have a director. They, they are taking classes. They are exercising. They are doing what they need to do to keep their toolbox uh, up to date and sharp, if you will. So we could all use that help. 
It, we all could use a director. Well, many of us have to be our own directors, those of us uh, listening to the show. True. And when we've been chatting a little bit, kind of getting ready for this call, talking about how improv can be one of the tools or within improv, there are tools that can be used to help people practice, uh, you know, being present, having good presence. Can you just talk a little bit about the connection between improv and presence? Like draw the line for us between the two things and how do they really connect to each other? Yeah. Well, the art of improvisation is a is really a very mindful practice of listening, not responding until you've actually heard what was said. And it's, I would say it's a very Zen-like approach towards being in the moment and not anticipating what the person is going to say before they say it. We've all been in those conversations where someone finishes our sentence for us or we finish a sentence for somebody else because we know what they're going to say. It's really inviting you to challenge yourself to not do those things and to truly just listen, not only to the words that are coming out of the other person's mouth, but it's also helping you pay attention to body language and facial expressions and to notice emotion. I find improv has so many applicable tools when it comes to being present, and those are just a few. One intuitively correct, yes, you want to be present and having, you know, being really paying attention, really engaging. So do the skills that make you a good conversationalist make you kind of or help you improve your your presence? And that is, you're saying also kind of indirectly improvisation skills is being uh, attentive and listening and not doing what so many of us podcast hosts do, really thinking about the next question that we've got to ask or the next point that we want to have covered. Can you share a few more like specific skills or strategies that maybe you learned uh, in your improvisation days that you're now seeing in your work with your your coaching and your communications clients? The foundation of improvisation, uh, in which you've probably heard, are the two words yes and. We can take yes and 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 use yes and for a variety of different things. One is we can use yes and as a building block where we say yes and to what was just said and we build upon what we just heard. We maybe add a few more details to continue the storyline forward. And there can also be the yes and where maybe we don't agree with the person's point of view. So maybe you're a podcast host and someone just threw you a doozy and you're not quite sure how to handle it. Rather than going into disagreement or negating you think yes and, which is how can I at least acknowledge this person because this is their truth? Part of that is just hearing it, acknowledging it, and reflecting back a portion of what you heard. So I heard you say dot, dot, dot. I hear that and here's my point of view, which is uh, people really ultimately what we want in the world is to be acknowledged and we want to be heard And I don't think you necessarily have to validate everything that someone says. However, just simply reflecting back a portion of what someone did say is can be validating enough so that you can continue the conversation in a more mindful way. And when you kind of are in the situation, because I know like lots of people listening will have been in that exact one where, you know, you, you do your best to reflect and you yes and. Do you have any tips for the transition from doing the acknowledgement to then bringing up your own point? Kind of how does the transition from reflecting to adding your own opinion or making your next comment work? 
Yeah, I think it's okay to say, okay, I heard you say dot, dot, dot. And honestly, I have a little bit of a, of a different feeling around that than you do. And, and so here's, here's my point of view. And uh, so I'm just curious, based off what you now have learned about me, how you feel about that now. And not every situation, there's some real hot button topics, as we all know. And there's a lot of people that are not getting along in the world right now, as we all are very aware of. So it's not going to always work. So we have to figure out if that's not working, then how are we going to redirect then at that point? So maybe it's not even saying, here's my point of view. That might be an opposition of yours. It's just, let's not talk about this topic anymore. We're going to now redirect and start talking about puppies, right? Or something that's relevant. It's just like you do with your children. You know, if for any of those who are listening right now and you have kids and they are fixated, and if you feed into their fixation and you argue with them, you get nowhere. But you can redirect and say, hey, look at that shiny object over there. And it works pretty much every single time. I am going to remember that next time I am hanging out with my nephews. (laughs) (laughs) Us adults are really not that different from the children. We just just like to pretend that our adulting phase is a little bit more (laughs) woke. I was reading the other day about when your brain is being truculent and you've got toddler brain. And you're just like, but I don't want to do the work. Well, why don't you just do a little work and see how you feel? <laughs> I mean, we have to say, how many often times do you hear, just take baby steps? I say it all the time. Baby steps. Oh, yeah. We, it's okay. It's all We're human. We all learn differently. <laughs> oh. So we've got yes and as one of the sort of uh, improv sourced tools. Yeah. Uh, what do you, are there any other um, kind of mechanisms from within the world of improvisation that uh, that you like seeing people use or that you like to use yourself? Well, the other thing that improv has taught me is patience. It has taught me uh, about failure because not all of my ideas that come out of my mouth are going to be successful. And then being okay and bouncing back and not dwelling on it, just to be clear. Uh, And then it has also taught me how to work collaboratively with other people. And so I feel what it has done for me is it helps to build trust very quickly in a group because you are taking risks together, you're sharing your point of view together, you're failing together, you're laughing, which is the most important medicine together. And so that trust piece, which I, I, I have to say, I feel like one of my strengths as a coach is I can immediately walk into a room with somebody and, and develop trust with them right away so that we can get a lot done in a very short period of time, which is not always easy to do for a lot of people. So that, those are some of the other benefits. Also, if something goes wrong, that it doesn't break you, that you are able to adapt in the moment and redirect or pivot or whatever it is that you need to do and to trust. You trust yourself that you are the expert, you know what's going on, move forward. And also perfectly timely um, because of the magic of post-production. All of you who are listening now did not notice or were not aware of the tech issues we had getting onto this call. But uh, Meredith, you handled it extremely gracefully, for which I'm profoundly grateful. (laughs) (laughs) You are so welcome. (laughs) 
So I, I love that idea of helping to develop trust because I know sometimes as a podcast host, sometimes as a podcast guest, um, there's a lot of nerves. There's some anxiety of, you know, being in what is, if not recorded live, going to be published widely to the world. How would you recommend that a host helps make a guest feel comfortable when they come onto the show for their, the first time? What are some tips you have for that? So I have a podcast as well. And the one thing I like to do with the guests before we even start the podcast is build some rapport before we even hit record. So to build in that time where I have a co-host and the three of us will go around the room and ask, what is your intention for uh, our time together today. So then that gives them time to think and it gets, gives them time to share. And then my co-host and I also get to share and it builds a little bit rapport before we hit record and go. Oftentimes I would imagine that, you know, the podcast hosts haven't maybe met the guest or has even mm-hmm. talked to that person in what is it that you can build into that time so that both of you can calm your nervous systems a little bit. So your nervous system is almost kind of a physical response and not just a mental one. There's really a lot of interplay between how you're feeling and how you're physically presenting yourself. Yeah, exactly. And a little tip that a tool that I learned when I was doing a lot of voiceover acting, it's called brightening, which means that when you're on the mic, you're always smiling as you speak. Mm -hmm. And there's something really energetic about doing that, it changes your whole disposition uh, to just simply smile. It can it can do a lot to your physicality and your emotional state. Not to mention your voice. You can always hear. And your voice. That That's the reason why we do it, right? And somebody is smiling. <laughs> Let's do a test with your audience. Are you ready? Oh, please do. They're going to guess if whether or not I'm smiling or not. Give me a line of text. What's my line of text, Megan? Welcome to the Company Show Podcast. Welcome to the Company Show Podcast. Welcome to the Company Show Podcast. A or B, people. A or B. (laughs) (laughs) I suspect people will be able to tell in which version you were smiling. I bet so, but I cannot tell you how many times I've been interviewed on podcasts and it's like, serious business, people. Serious business. Oh, I know. I've been on those shows too. And I have like this almost perverse desire to try and make the host laugh in this last case when I'm the guest and it's so serious. I'm just like, I'm going to make this person laugh. I'm going to do everything I can. Well, and some topics are serious. They are serious, right? However, my challenge to your listeners is this, but you are a host of a podcast for a reason. Mm-hmm. And it is not easy work. You have to show up. You have to be consistent. So there's got to be a passion, a driving force behind that. So don't be afraid to show your passion and your excitement and your enthusiasm because your listeners will not be interested if you are not interested. Oh, absolutely true. So taking a moment kind of before recording to set your attention either, you know, by yourself, if it's a solo with your guest for what is this episode going to be about? Put on your smile. Wait, does smiling work if you're faking it? If you're faking it? Yeah. It still does, right? You're just (laughs) smiling and talking, people. You're not being condescending and talking down to your relatives. You're just smiling. (laughs) (laughs) You're turning up the sides of your mouth. Oh, I'm sorry. I interrupted my own summary to ask the the extra question about smiling there. But so you you put on your smile. Yep. You've uh, kind of centered yourself, set the attention, and you know you really took some time to figure out why is it that we're doing this. I love it. 
any conversations that you've had on your show or places where you've been a guest where you just really needed to draw on something to help you navigate a difficult part of a conversation or that it really helped you improve uh, what might have been a boring part of a conversation? Uh, I'd just love another maybe story from you. I can't think of a story off the top of my head, but I, I can see images of people. <laughs> I can see images. So maybe something will come to me. It'll come to me. But I will say one thing that I will do to pull at that thread a little bit is when someone will share something with me that might not be, I hate to say the word entertaining or interesting, or maybe it is going a little bit more in the dry direction, I will always ask them for a story. Mm -hmm. And then if it's not quite a story, because we've heard people who give general ideas of stories, and then there's people who give the details to the stories, I will continue to pull on that thread and I'll say, okay, I hear that happened. However, I want to know the inner section. What was the moment what did you feel in your body when it happened? Where were you in time and space and geographically? What did it smell like? I will pull, pull, pull. And I would say 99% of the time, I will get a terrific story from somebody. And it doesn't have to be long. Sometimes these stories mm -hmm. are only a minute. Like I was standing in my garage and it smelled like diesel and the garage door opened and that was the moment when, right? And then you're like, oh, I can see it. I can smell it. I can feel it. <laughs> it makes a, a profound difference. And so I'm guessing the, um, the, the kind of opposite is also true. So you want to be trying to get stories from your guests, especially if they are, uh, I mean, I've got such a soft spot in my heart for the academics, but yeah. they are not necessarily always the best storytellers when they're deep into their topic. But as a guest or as a host, should you be preparing your own stories as well? And can you practice that in advance? Yeah, I feel that that's good. And I would say practice your own stories. Ask the question, how do I resonate with this particular topic and this particular guest? And do your due diligence the best that you can. You know, mm -hmm. research them as much as you possibly can. And then be mindful, though, that it's not about you. Yes, you're the host, but it's about your guest. And mm -hmm. so... When you are practicing those stories or you have a, a story that you want to share, just make sure that you are careful about time that you're taking and that you have told this story because you're specifically needing to get something from your guest. That's wonderful. For those of us or for those listening who aren't you know, so well-versed in all of the different elements uh, of communication, of acting, of all of these different components that go into, you know, creating a great presence, creating great experience. It can be really hard to figure out the balance yeah. of, you know, how much should I be adding? How much should I be sharing? And how much should I be kind of putting that energy towards getting the guests to do the same? It can be, uh, it can be tough to figure out. It can be. And, and each guest, as you well know, is very different. And so mm -hmm. what's been successful is, like, I liked how you, you sent some questions. I was like, okay, I know how to properly wrap my head around these questions. And then you also said, and also leave room for, you know, we might go off these questions. We might go off topic and to leave space for that. So I, I had an expectation. Mm -hmm. And I think you can even go as far as asking your guests, like, do you need more structure? Are you okay with being off the cuff? Uh that way you kind of know what kind of a person you're going to get in the room with you. And some guests are going to take more work than others. 
I love that. In all of the years I've been doing this, I think since since 2017, I have not yet come across the advice, ask your guests what kind of structure would help them really show up well. What a lovely, hospitable thing to do Thanks. for someone who's coming on your show. I love that. Thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> so we, you've kind of shared with us a lot of different skills that we can be employing uh, mm -hmm. in our podcasts. And like all skills, practice makes perfect. Do you have an exercise that maybe we can try now or maybe we can describe and leave with for the audience? What's the homework? Okay, your homework is this. Are you ready? <laughs> you ready? And I'm going to also say practice makes maybe not perfect, but it's going to make you more prepared. I, mean, I always like to replace pre uh, perfect with prepared because we put so much stress on ourselves in this culture to be perfect. And well, that's, I've tried. It's impossible. Practice makes prepared. That might be the name of the episode. Ooh, I like really it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> okay. So here's an exercise. This is a, an exercise that we do in improv called half life. And so typically I'll just set the stage for you here. It's two mm -hmm. improvisers on stage performing and they do a scene with each other. So let's just say for this example, they were in a cafe and their boyfriend and girlfriend, and one of them has asked the other one to move out, and there's a scene, right? So they do that scene in five minutes, and then the instructor will say, okay, now do it in two and a half minutes. Now do the same scene in one minute. And then, and then they go down to like 15 seconds, do the same scene. And what makes it really fun is when the actors get really physical, because then they have this like whole physical uh, kind of fun lotsy at the end. But for us, for you, the listener, what is so beautiful about this exercise is it helps you get really clear about your messaging. It helps you not keep talking. This is how you can practice it. You get your phone, your device, or you get Otter AI, O-T-T-E-R dot AI, and you record, let's just say, your introduction or your pitch uh, into Otter AI or your audio device. And let's just say you give yourself 90 seconds to do it. I'm going to tell this story or I'm going to do this pitch in 90 seconds. Then you go back and you do the same thing in half the amount of time. And then you go back and then you split that time in half. So then what has happened is you've gotten really clear about what is necessary. And what's cool is sometimes you add things that you forgot the first round in the 90 seconds. So you're, you're constantly adjusting. Uh, so yeah, that's, that is a terrific exercise for trying to get more clear about your messaging and your storytelling uh, is by recording it, timing yourself, cutting it in half, and uh, seeing what, what magic comes on the other end when you do it in 15 seconds. Oh, I absolutely love that. And there's so many places within podcasting that can be applied. You know, it yes. can be talking about your show. It can be pitching yourself as a guest. It can be your call to action at the end. You could even do it for, for guest intros if you wanted to really prepare. That is such a great advice. Meredith, thank you. You're welcome. What a delight. <laughs> so, <laughs> You're welcome. Where can people find more about you, about their work, and how do you best like people to get in touch with you? You can get a hold of me via, okay, I'm not on Facebook, so don't go there. But you can get a hold of me on LinkedIn. You can get a hold of me. I have a pretty robust TikTok channel. So you can 
Find me there along with some tips at Grundi Coaching. I'm on YouTube. Send a carrier pigeon here in New York City. I will find you. And I, you can find me on my website too, which is GrundiCoaching.com. Perfect. Meredith, thank you so much. This has been an absolute treat. I appreciate your time and I know everyone listening does too. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. This was really fun. All right, let's do the exercise that Meredith left us with. I had my recording software open. I was using Audacity and I decided what I would do to experiment with this is the pitch for our new membership community, the Business Podcast Accelerator. So I've recorded each of the three versions of this pitch separately, and they're pretty rough. I wanted this to be a clear demonstration of the exercise and how it works. So while I did a couple of takes of each and I had some notes handy, they are pretty rough and mostly unscripted. So I did the 90 seconds, the 45 seconds, and then 22 seconds to see how what I wanted to communicate in that amount of time changed. So first, here is the 90 seconds about the Business Podcast Accelerator. I would like to tell you about the Business Podcast Accelerator. This is the latest and possibly the greatest uh, service offering from the team at Podcasting for Business and One Stone Creative. This is a membership program where the members are going to be entitled to certain services and access to our team and to the resources that we've created in order to help you make sure that you are getting more and more and more value that you can measure and that you can communicate from your podcast for your business. So some of the things we do within this membership are helping you identify your stats, the things that are going to give you the most information about whether or not your show is bringing value to your business and tracking those on a regular basis will support you through that entire process and help you evaluate what you learn from doing so. We're going to be having different kinds of planning and optimization calls. Um, Optimization every month, we'll look at podcasts in the wild doing amazing things and seeing how we can uh, apply those different strategies to our own podcasts. And quarterly, we'll be doing planning to figure out what the next few months worth of content should be so that you can then work to plan rather than having to come up with everything week to week. We're also going to be offering members monthly episode reviews uh, and feedback on the quality of your content, on your marketing, on the audio quality, all of the things that are going to help you improve as a podcaster over time. Finally, and this is most exciting, you're going to have on-demand email and voice support from the team at One Stone Creative whenever you are stuck with something uh, so that you can just get an answer, get back to it in a personal and private way, not everything out in public. If this sounds interesting to you, check it out at podcastingforbusiness.com slash accelerator. So 90 seconds starts by feeling like a really long and leisurely amount of time to share the amount of content that I wanted to get out there and communicate about the Accelerator, which is just, you know, something I'm really, really excited about. But the end came up really, really quickly, and I found myself struggling to get in everything that I wanted to communicate. So of course, it was going to be harder to do 45 seconds, and here it is. If you're worried that you're leaving value on the table with your company's podcast, you might be. And the Business Podcast Accelerator can help you with that and make sure that you're capturing all of the value you need to justify the resources that you invest in your podcast. Members of the Accelerator are going to be entitled to stats, infrastructure, and tracking support so that you always have clarity about what you're doing in your show and whether or not it's working. You're also going to have planning and uh, optimization support, quarterly planning calls where we look at the content coming for the next few weeks and evaluate what we've done in the past. And in ROI clinics, we look at strategies that other podcasts are using and whether or not they can be applied to our own shows. We're also going to be offering members monthly feedback on their episodes so they can consistently improve. And most excitingly, on-demand email and voice support for anything that you've got that happens to be holding you up. 
Now, that 45 seconds felt so rushed to me, and I'm sure that I spoke so quickly while I was doing it. But I also did feel like I was able to cut to the facts a lot more quickly, and that, and doing really focusing on just the facts and the deliverables, made me start considering whether or not I was communicating the transformation and the outcomes that are ultimately the most valuable thing to people who are going to be hearing about this clearly enough. And so that's what I tried to focus on in the 22-second version. In the Business Podcast Accelerator, we're providing members the custom strategy, the personal and private support, and individualized feedback that business owners need for their podcast to make sure that they've got clarity on the value their show is really delivering to the business and be constantly improving and finding new ways to leverage the show for more value to protect that valuable time and resource investment. So this was a really interesting exercise. I'm going to start making this a part of our regular practice, I think. What I found the most was that I ended up rushing to include things at the end. And if something is important enough to rush for to make sure it's included, then it should probably be closer towards the beginning. Shifting the focus from the straight fact details about what is included to the transformation outcome, that was another really big insight for me. It's something that I struggle a little bit. I'm kind of a literalist. And so talking about outcome and transformation is not as intuitive for me as talking about deliverables. So this was hugely valuable and quite fun, if a little nerve wracking, and I strongly recommend that you give it a try. I would love to hear the results of your experiment if you do make it. So come and join us on the third Thursday of every month for our free strategy and networking calls. We can do this exercise together. It's a lot of fun and really illuminating. The next call we have coming up is on February 15th at noon Eastern, and it's going to be great. We have a guest expert, Gachina Gosselin, the CEO of Founders Path, who's all about helping experts turn their knowledge into courses and group training programs. So we're going to be having a conversation about how to use podcast content, either from your archive that you've already got, or that you plan to record with the intent to repurpose into creating scalable and revenue generating offerings. So it's going to be really, really exciting. Great conversation. Kachina is an amazing expert. And you can register for free at podcastingforbusiness.com. Just click on strategy calls and give us your information. As always, I've been your host, Megan Doherty, and the company show is created by the whole team at One Stone Creative. Next week, we've got the first edition of a new episode type that we're doing this year, deep dive case studies into how business owners are leveraging podcasts for different kinds of value. Our first study is with Raina Rakiki, founder of Ladies First Digital Media and the host of the You Betcha She Did podcast. We're going to be talking about how podcasting can work as a networking tool and proof of concept for an agency, as well as help Raina establish her brand and expertise in her region. It is such a fabulous podcast use case. Raina is such an amazing guest with so much insight and knowledge to share. I cannot wait to hear it. And that's coming up next week. Until then. 